Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Well, we're talking about the uh, 2011 floods. It was one of the biggest disasters in Australia's history. And uh, one of the guys who has been on the front lines is Lance Murgard from Chaplaincy Australia. Now, I met Lance at the uh, evacuation centre at the uh, RNA showgrounds at uh, Brisbane a few weeks ago, and he was very busy coordinating chaplains. Uh, There was over a 1,000 people at the evacuation centre, and Lance was a part of a team that was coordinating chaplains, uh, not only in Brisbane, but... Uh, he's also had over 40 chaplains flown in from uh, Victoria and New South Wales, and they're now being trained and sent out uh, as crisis chaplains all throughout Queensland. Uh, Lance, can you tell us a little bit about what happened when the floods hit in Queensland, and uh, how did Chaplaincy Australia first respond? When the, when the floods started to, uh, to become as evident as they were and that there was going to be quite serious, it was obvious that uh, responses were going to be needed. When the government uh, set up the evacuation centres, uh, immediately we uh, placed ourselves in that uh, position to be able to be there and to be able to start to respond to people as they uh, started to come through the door as they were being uh, either forcefully or, uh, or uh, voluntarily uh, evicted from their homes. So uh, we were there to meet and greet, to care for and just to be, be able to respond. We worked alongside of Red Cross and Lifeline, Salvation Army and uh, the recovery uh, department of uh, communities, uh, the recovery crew. And uh, we all uh, just uh, started to respond and care for people, uh, look after them as they came through just to, uh, to meet their immediate needs. Now, there are some people listening probably that aren't sure what a chaplain does. Uh, do you want to explain for us, you know, in a nutshell, what, what's the role of a chaplain in a, in a crisis situation like that? Uh, the, the role of a, of a chaplain in a, in a crisis situation is to be able to assist people in, at uh, both their emotional and spiritual levels. A lot of people uh, respond emotionally. Other people have deep faith and they have a spiritual need. But whether the person has a faith or not, uh, there are many spiritual questions that arise. So to be able to care for people both emotionally and spiritually is not only um, a, a good thing, but I think a wise thing. Now, your role uh, has been to coordinate chaplains uh, all throughout Queensland. Uh, I know one of the areas uh, you went to, you know, really, which was ground zero uh, in, in the 2011 floods, was a place called Grantham uh, in the Lockyer Valley. Tell us, what was it like when you arrived in Grantham and how were you able to help there when you arrived? We were terribly anxious having heard the uh, the news that was coming out of areas such as Grantham, Murphy's Creek, Postman's Ridge, um, of the, uh, the, the lives that were lost. And uh, it was impossible to get from Brisbane up to there until uh, early Saturday morning. And uh, I was able to get up there and I was able to do a, uh, a survey of the area I was able to uh, be able to get into uh, areas like Grantham because of our chaplaincy. I noted what was needed and uh, immediately I then called upon Chaplaincy Australia uh, from a national point of view to be able to uh, send up specialist chaplains from New South Wales and uh, from Victoria so that they would be able to come. Now these specialist chaplains that we have are people that are very well seasoned. They've been in the Victorian fires. They were um, in 
involved in the uh, uh, Cyclone Larry. Uh, many of them uh, were involved in the tsunamis at, uh, at uh, Sri Lanka and also recently in Solomon Islands. Uh, so with that type of seasoning under the belt, um, I felt that they would be the most ideal to have as um, frontline troops to be able to come in for the first month. And uh, they have done that and they've almost finished their tour of duty. Now, the other thing that um, you were involved with, Lance, is you know you, you'd help out in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane, which is a very high crime area, and you kind of you know drive around all night. You have a team that helps out in uh, in Queensland here. Tell us what's it like? Uh, what's what's the difference between that kind of chaplaincy on the street and this kind of chaplaincy in a crisis? Um. There's a difference between uh, crisis or disaster chaplaincy where that uh, the immediacy of life is under threat, where people's well-being is uh, very well um, uh, brought into question and uh, to uh, revelers that come out uh, onto the streets at night uh, who have uh, intentionally got themselves into a uh, situation by uh, excessive drinking, etc., and, uh, and the responses thereof. Now, not everybody uh, gets themselves because of that, gets themselves into trouble. But the difference is that it, uh, it's, an, it's an ongoing crisis, whereas um, what has happened with the, fire, with the cyclones up north now and with the floods and, and the inland tsunami that hit uh, uh, southeast Queensland, that we, uh, the, their crisis is more dramatic, more intense, uh, more life-threatening and more life-shaking. And uh, being able to respond to them is a different skill set, um, although not totally different, but a different skill set is required. You know, I'm a pastor and I've had people ask me this question. I'm curious to hear your response. A lot of people are saying, you know, how could God let this happen uh, in Australia? Uh, why has this happened? Why didn't God stop it? Uh, what's your response when, when people ask you that as a chaplain? Um, I, had a, I had an opportunity to, uh, when I was um, in the New South Wales, sorry, the uh, Victorian fires, I was down there myself. Um, and I spent uh, five days at Flowerdale, and uh, the local fire brigade, uh, Bush Fire Brigade, uh, asked me to uh, conduct a uh, small service, and I did that, and I took the scripture from 23rd Psalm, um, which talks uh, in terms of uh, of God uh, being our shepherd, and I was fascinated to just uh, note in that that the first two verses talk about everything going really good, and then the next two verses talk about things going really, really bad. And then the last two verses talk about how things God turns all things around and causes all things to work out. Um, and my response is basically that when things are going good, God's there. When things are going bad, God's there. But God's there to also turn the bad into good again. And that's the hope that we bring. That is one of the best presentations of the gospel that I've ever heard. That's wonderful. Psalm 23, I love it. Well, Lance, uh, if people do want to uh, support Chaplaincy Australia, they can go to the website, of course, chaplaincyaustralia.com. Uh, and if people want to uh, register their interest, I guess they can send an email uh, and I guess they can make a donation. Is that something you're looking for? Uh, we, we haven't even given our mind, or I haven't given my mind to uh, donations at this point in time. We're still just uh, caring for people. If people want, are minded in that regard, then uh, we would be very pleased uh, either uh, through Chaplaincy Australia, best way of doing it, I would imagine. Um, but can I, can I say, really, we need prayer. 
Yeah. Um, we need prayer for a whole range of things. Um, I don't know whether you've seen the Prime Minister's speech in Parliament uh, where she talks about the devastation of, uh, of a mother that's just lost her child and she just gets rescued all for a 13-year-old boy that says to, uh, to, the, to the mother, uh, to, to the rescuers, take my brother. And uh, when the rescuers turned around, he'd gone. Um, you know, it's that type of... Uh, of deep pain and hurt uh, and uh, threat to life and people's equilibrium. We just need to pray for the consolation of the power of God to be able to move in people's lives, to care for them, to love them, to hold them together, that they don't fall apart, that marriages don't fall apart, that children don't separate from, from parents, parents from, 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 their, uh, from their kids. Uh, that uh, a community will uh, do more than just uh, care for uh, each other initially but continue to care and that the church will rise up and become the, the loving and caring hand of the Lord. If we could pray in those, uh, those terms, then uh, I am sure that uh, everything, all the blessings of God will flow. Oh, well, Lance, uh, that's a very uh, moving story. And, you know, our, our prayers are definitely uh, for you. And uh, I know that um, there's a lot of people that are, are now putting their hands to the plough to help out with Chaplaincy Australia. And we just uh, want to thank you for all the hard work you're doing and, and pray for God's blessing on, on all that you do. Matt, I appreciate it. And thank you for your interest and time. Thank you, mate. God bless you. Sure best to your, to your listeners as well. Thank God you, bless. mate. See you. Bye. Now, one of the uh, pastors in Brisbane that, uh, whose house was flooded is Pastor Andrew McLennan from C3 Church Indrapilly. Uh, Andrew, just tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like for you when you found out Indrapilly was going to be flooded and probably your home. Uh, how did you respond? Well, we didn't really know, to be honest, Matt, what was going to happen. Um, I just was watching the river and watching it get bigger and bigger, and so... I just had a funny feeling uh, it might not be safe where I live. I live in Sixty Pockets right down near the river, and so I just got my family out on Monday lunchtime, I think it was. I think Brisbane proper flooded on Wednesday night. I just bailed on Monday lunchtime. I've got a little baby who's eight months old. I didn't really feel like swimming through a river holding her above my head. So, um, yeah, we just got out for our own best, to be honest. So you got out, and, uh, you know, it was on the news. It was on the TV nonstop for days. So I'm sure you watched in horror thinking, oh, no, that's probably my house. Uh, when you got back to your house, when you were able to get through on, and the roads were open, what was it like when you arrived? Yeah, it's very surreal. Um, we had to wade through a little stream. The whole suburb had been cut off by waters, so we had to wade through across a horse paddock and walk down some streets that were also flooded and sort of step over neighbours' fences and sort of half wade, half swim. And you finally get to your house and there's um, five foot of water in the house, five foot of footer in the front yard and the backyard and yeah, it's a very surreal feeling and if I'm not a materialistic person or anything but you know you definitely got some emotions attached to the things that you own and certainly your home and so there's a real sense of loss and well, yeah it's a weird feeling mate. weird feeling now you've got a great church lots of young people very vibrant and uh and you know very outreach oriented but a lot of people in your church decided to come and help with the cleanup T tell us what that was like yeah, it was great. You know, we just, um, you know, when the waters receded, we only took another day. Um, so everyone just, yeah, was queuing up from our church and also other churches around Brisbane. And look, also random strangers. I think, you know, we can't underestimate the community spirit that went on. Yeah, people just came and just got all the mud out. They got gurney hose and they sprayed it. They got all the rubbish out because everything in the house is trashed. You know, fridges 
had been rocked around and turned upside down and lounges everywhere and it was just a mess. And everyone just got in there and cleaned our house for us and ripped the walls out and the kitchen and the bathroom and oh, it was amazing because on our own I'd still be doing it now, you know. Four weeks later I'd still be doing it. It was just up for me. And there's a lot of people uh, wrestling with insurance companies at the moment. How did you go? Yeah, look, there's a pretty amazing story there, Matt. And, um, you know, obviously as Christians we believe that um, we can hear the voice of God. And in November last year, two months ago, or three now, uh, my wife really felt in her heart an impression or a feeling or whatever you want to call it from God to get flood insurance. We didn't have it. We've never had flood insurance. And uh, we went to an insurance broker and said we want flood insurance and she gave us flood insurance. And we didn't really think about it again after that. And, you know, here we are two and a half months later and... um, yeah, we're insured, fully insured. There's been no problems with insurance coming. They've just told us our full contents are getting paid and they're also going to repair our house. So really, we're a living miracle because without that, we'd be bankrupt right now. I couldn't afford to repair my house too. The damage is too expensive. So I guess in a bad situation for us personally, there's a, there is a good a good story in that. Um, yeah, I guess we've been saved. Like Noah was saved, you know, he floated above the water as well. We went under, but um, we're going to resurface, you know, we're going to live again. Wow, so when you get that inkling, that uh, that prompting from the Spirit of God, it's worth obeying. That's that's a great testimony, that's awesome. In your church, you had a number of people that uh, that went under. Um, how are they all going? How, how's the people in your church coping with it all? Yeah, I think they're all the same as us, mate. You know, you just, um, you can't deny it. I mean, like I said, you know, we're not materialistic people, but it does rock you a little bit and it unsettles you and you're homeless for a while. And, yeah, I want the other families, you know, he's a, a lawyer from overseas and he's just doing his um, final exams here to practice law in Australia and he's just done his last exam yesterday. So this came, you know, a month before his final exam and... You know, it, and he's a family man, so he's got a little baby and stuff. It does it does rock you because you suddenly realise how vulnerable you are and you watch your possessions just get swept away. And, uh, that family in particular didn't have any insurance and so they're not as in a good situation as we are. But, you know, the church is helping and we've given them money and we're doing everything we can to support them and stuff. But, yeah, it's just hard. Yeah, I don't think we... As Christians, we can't pretend that we're not affected by things. We are affected by things. But, you know, through God, I think, you know, we can rise again. Now, you're part of a great church movement, C3 Churches. There's a, a whole bunch in Australia and all around the world. Uh, tell us what the international response was like from C3 Churches. Did you get a lot of support? Yeah, really good, mate. Um, I think thus far $170,000 has been raised by C3 Churches around the world to help people who've been affected by the flood, and so that money's going to be used uh, to rebuild some homes for people that just don't have any insurance that really suffered a, a major loss and don't have the means or the resources to rebuild on their own, and we're going to just identify people who we come across and uh, and just bless them, you know, bless them as much as we can and rebuild their homes for them. We've got tradesmen who are queuing up to do the labouring for free, and we'll use that money to buy materials. So we're hoping in Ipswich and also in Brisbane and maybe a couple of other areas to, to do some rebuilding for some people. Oh, mate, it's so good to hear. You know, I did Bible college at the, the you know, the C3 church down at, down at Sydney when I was a young whippersnipper. And, uh, I've always, uh, been impressed with, uh, uh, they're just a great movement. They really rise up when they need to. And, uh, it's so good to see 170,000. That's, that's incredible. What a, what a great, uh, fundraising effort. Now, uh, Andrew, the other thing, uh, you know, as pastors, you know, we get asked the tough questions. People ask, where is God in the floods? How could God let this happen? Uh, what's your response when people ask you that? 
Yeah, well, well, Jesus promised us uh, a life that occasionally had tribulation. He said in the last days there'll be, you know, wars and rumours of wars, there'll be earthquakes and famines in various places. And, and he, he basically promised us that. So life was never going to be perfect for us. And, and the Bible doesn't say that Christians are exempt sometimes from natural disasters and tragedies and, and suffering and loss at different times. But I think in the midst of it all and in that darkest place, in that darkest hour, the thing that stood out to me was just uh, the still small voice inside of my heart which says, you know, I'm with you. And Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And I remember just after the flood hit and our house was destroyed and your mind swimming and you're thinking about it all night, you can't sleep. I just heard the voice of God in my heart, I'm with you, I'm always with you. And he didn't leave us and he, he didn't abandon us at that time. And so that for me is where God was in the flood and that he was with me personally in the relationship I have with him, there supporting me and encouraging me and just being there with me, you know, and that really helps us and brings a buoyancy to our lives and our, our emotions, even our spirits, and uh, it's helped, you know, Sharon and I, my wife and I, get over this and sort of bounce back, you know. It was you know, tough there for a few days and a couple of weeks even, but we're sort of bouncing back now and just the, the presence of God in our house, it really does help you bounce back from these things, I think. Well, Andrew, you know, you put it so well, and uh, I just am so impressed by the way you've uh, had a peace uh, in God uh, through all this turmoil you've been through. Now, there might be people listening, Andrew, that are thinking, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't uh, call myself a Christian. I haven't connected with God. And they might want to do that right now. Would you talk through those listeners how they would uh, become a Christian right now? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I wasn't always a Christian either, and I didn't always have this relationship with God, or I wasn't always hearing God's voice. And so... Simply put, I just made a decision one day to ask Jesus into my heart and pray a simple prayer and say, Lord, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to come into my heart and uh, make me new on the inside. And, and so I did that, and, and you can do that right now. And all you do is you just close your eyes and just pray a simple prayer and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. You know, make my heart new again. I want to know you in a personal way. And you can pray that prayer right now, like you just, if you just did, or you can pray it in your own words later on tonight after you've thought about it. But this I will say, that the Bible says, whoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it doesn't matter who we are, where we've been, what we've done, what we haven't done, you know, how good we are, how bad we are, how good-looking we are, how ugly we are. It doesn't matter to God. He accepts all of us. He loves every one of us, and He loves every person listening right now. And if we will ask Him to come into our hearts, He will. And His presence will be with us and stay with us and uh, he will be real to us. He will reveal himself to us, and we can have a relationship with God. And for me, that's the greatest thing about being a Christian. Not, you know, I mean, church is great, and having Christian friends is great, and all that stuff's great, but knowing Jesus personally for me is the greatest thing I have in my life right now, and it's the greatest aspect of being a Christian, and I encourage everyone to check it out and uh, and make that same decision that I made all those years ago. I, I don't regret it. It's, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. Well, mate, I just uh, want to thank you so much uh, for your time today and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you, mate, with uh, your church, with the uh, recovery effort. Uh, now, if people do want to uh, make a donation or uh, find out more about your church, what's the website they can go to? It's called uh, Indrapilly C3 Church. So the website is c3indrapilly.com. I'll just Google it. Just Google C3 Church Indrapilly and, uh, and we'll pop up first. All right, mate. Well, I reckon you're history maker, buddy. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com and also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.